Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode, we're talking about writing action scenes. Yeah, man. It's fun stuff, I think. Should yeah. be a fun one. Yeah, I think so. Uh, training me is always Tim. Letney, uh, we've both written a lot of action. We've both seen a lot of action. <laughs> I got to tell you, buddy, you're not sounding real inspired this morning. It's been a while since we've done this. We had to move some things around. So I think we're both trying to get our heads back into it. Yeah. And you're still like, if we're being transparent, like you're still in the thralls of finishing up your book. I am. I am. A lot. I, I am. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm mentally uh, trying to get back into it just to make some fun, potentially final tweaks that uh, I, I'm, I'm fighting with if they're worth it. I, I'm 50-50 on them. Yeah, uh, I think they're they're good ideas, but uh, I think as you mentioned just two minutes ago, you're like, "Yeah, but are you just pushing sand around the uh, <laughs> the beach <laughs> kind of thing?" Uh, I mean, I it doesn't feel like procrastination to me. Honestly, it feels like striving for perfection or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, or which like, we know you, you can't sure. get right. <laughs> yeah, but none of them are about writing action. Most of them, it's just no, small no. Thing. So most of it's just adding some, I think, uh, color and detail to to some characters and some scenes, which I think would be good. But book is being moved to end of this month. When I started writing, and I've written a bunch of stuff, but like nothing as structured and yeah. long as this current book. I'd never written action scenes before. Have you like? And also, like, was this your first time kind of dealing with that or that type of scene? The screenplays, short screenplays. I've written like a handful of those. And there was like one I wrote where I, I did some action in there. Uh, but that's a different animal, right? You're kind of keeping it real yeah. lean and, and kind of tight, which I mean, I guess you should kind of in your novel too, but it's different. Yeah, no, this is the first, this is me the first time I've ever really tackled, I guess, like the action set pieces, you know, like those yeah. kind of moments that are like kind of big and like they're, you got to pay attention to your whole environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is my first time doing that. I'd written like moments that had like dramatic moments or like punctuations of violence, but never yeah. having to keep track of people moving in a space quickly, you know, yep. and making sure that it's clear and not confused. And yeah, it was I have no idea if I did it right, honestly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But it was really fun to write. I remember I was texting you. I was like, I think yeah. this is the first kind of action scene I've ever written. Yeah. And yeah, what was your experience with him, Russ? How, how do you feel about yours? I would say first draft, I was like, this is boring. And then <laughs> subsequent drafts, it got better. I think what helped, two things. One was a tip you actually, you sent me this video because uh, you after you read the second draft or third, whatever it was I sent you, uh, I have like this big kind of action scene at the end that kind of culminates and, you know, takes place at the National Gallery of Art, whatever, in DC. Mm -hmm. I kind of wrote it based on like, some quick images I had found and I was just kind of moving characters through it. And you sent me the, uh, a video you found on YouTube of this guy who just did like a complete walkthrough of the entire museum. That helped so much because I couldn't go down to DC at the time of writing it and and watching that. I watched the entire thing. I, like, I walked around the entire museum filming it for an hour and a half, just filming everything. I was like, thank you. But it was super helpful because it's like thinking about a scene, like an action scene. It was like, okay, what are the, what are the most important things I need to, to think about, right? One, the space that you're in and where is everything? Where are all the characters and where does everyone need to end up? And again, it's almost, it's like another, you have your own beats, you have your own story beats within the action scene, right? Where it's got to, you have your opening of like getting everyone into the spot, this kind of the middling and then the climax at the end. So that was my experience. It was very stale at, to start, but watching that video you sent kind of helped spark some ideas like, oh, they can, they can go down the stairs and oh, I can have like, uh, there's two guys in there, they're like chasing blah, blah, blah. And like, where am I going to hide them? And where are they kind of sneaking around? And also thinking of the, the mood. I love that the 1970s, 
espionage thrillers like the Robert Redford uh, flicks and stuff like that, where it's kind of like this hushed kind of chasing people. And that's the, kind of the feel I wanted until it like came to a point. Yeah. So trying to caption, I was like, oh, an art gallery, that's a great spot for this to, to kind of unfold and just kind of build that tension with the silence, which you called out too. And you're like, yeah, have them maybe call out some like the artwork and stuff in the place. And like, maybe I can add to like what they're thinking. And I did that. And it's like, oh, this is so much more dynamic of a, of a scene now. So yeah, it's interesting. Like, what a delicate balance, right? Because I realized, I mean, pro- it probably comes from being influenced by film, right? Yeah. Um, but when I'm writing these like little action scenes, my characters aren't in their heads at all. You know, everything's very yeah. in the moment, very active. There's not many thoughts. And, and I can say like from one of the books I'm reading now on the side, it's very cerebral. And even when action's happening, so it's it doesn't feel urgent. So mm. it doesn't feel exciting. Yep. And that might be what the author is going for. I very much wanted this kind of maybe born Batman Begins-esque kind of, like yeah. excitement, like frenetic action of what's happening, yep. which you know also needs to mesh with the characters because they can't all of a sudden be like Kung Fu experts or something like Neo right. in the Matrix, right? They, But I'll say that for my action beats... And you're not going to be surprised by this, not beats, but my action scenes, they weren't wildly planned. You yeah. know, they were planned that action happens. Yep. Yep. But yep. once I kind of got in there, I pantsed it. You know, I yeah. pantsed kind of like, and I wanted it to be kind of like the scruffy or sloppiness of a fight and people yeah. who aren't good at fighting, fighting. So, <laughs> did, um, did you use your kids to mock any uh, scenes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so weird. And I think I texted you this like, I don't know, we're going back a year now. But with that first time that I kind of wrote like a bit of a confrontation between one of my mains and some antagonists, I was standing in my kitchen. Like if I move my right hand, you know, and they duck and then I go my left hand. Then as I'm writing it, I'm like, well, nobody cares right hand, left hand. Like that's too much detail. Yeah. Right. Like you don't like you want to give the reader something to picture, but you don't want to limit them like i think i was providing too much detail and it made it not fun to read probably confusing to read yeah it's like well he's got a knife in his right hand and his left hand's holding the bag so then and then you jump forward a scene and it's like well where'd the bag go and like where's the, like I, I was kind of writing myself into a corner by being way too specific because yeah. i always have my characters holding a thing yep you know yeah it was really interesting to write around and then introducing these inconsistencies of like right hand versus left hand or what where are they facing now yeah they we're facing the door but now they're facing the wall and just trying to like not only imagine the space for yourself but then using really succinct direct words to make sure the reader understands what you're trying to get across and once again i have no idea if yeah I did it right. I, at the end, I like I made them very like my sentences are short during action because I think that's kind of what I wanted. These like little short, easy to read, fast punches of like kind of what's happening. Yep. As opposed to kind of like long winded things. But I mean, everybody's mileage may vary. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I just, that's what felt right for me. I, I would say uh, going back to like the spatial awareness again, I think that's like one of the first things I thought about. I was like, okay, where, where is it? Well, second time after I wrote it the first time I was like, this is, this is terrible. But um, distance also like how far oh, yeah. someone is from maybe where the action is happening or where you want them to go, where the, you know what I mean? Like where things are unfold. Uh, realizing like you kind of have to give the reader that sense too, but you can do that through like similes or some type of like description. I was like, there was uh, one, I guess you call an action scene where I have my character discovers like a dead body in like a park or something. I was trying to build tension by the distance they were away. And I was like, yeah. I think the first pass I was like, I said, I wrote something like, and he could see the person he's looking for is like X number, like a hundred feet away. And I was like, 
how far is a hundred feet actually away? Is that too far? Would you like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally went to the living room, got a tape measure. I'm like, okay, let me shorten this up. Or like, let me make this tight. Like the points where he's going to start recognizing something is wrong. And that was the idea is like, as he's getting closer, he's supposed to feel like, oh, something's off. Right. And you would mm-hmm. as, as someone who's going to meet someone and, and if they're dead or something or whatever, you physically will get like a sense of something is off. And I was like, at what point would you start feeling that? And can I, do any other motion in the scene as he's moving to like close that gap where it's not me just being like, he was 10 feet away. He was five feet, you know, like, five, four, three. Yeah. Oh like he, no. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to run now. So I think that's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to build tension through distance too. And having other things happen along the side as this character is like closing in on whatever that dread is. And then maybe like yeah. he's in a park. So like maybe there's a, someone running with a dog, the, you know, the first time he sees and then like, a couple seconds later, that one's passed, right? And that kind of give you a sense of maybe like there's life happening on the sides. But I mean, you mentioned you had, you've done, you had like kind of two different scale actions, scenes, big scale, small scale. Was there one you preferred writing over the other? What inspired me in this piece was the large scales. Yeah. Like it's, it was like the impetus. It's a start small, kind of expand and contract and expand and contract. Yeah. But I'll say going through the writing process, it was the claustrophobic scenes and the like the small scale intimate scenes that I, I think I enjoyed more. Yeah. And maybe it's just because it they're simpler to write. There, there's less. I would talk all the time about how I think writing and reading, it's like a collaborative effort between the author and the reader. Yeah. And I think for these moments of scale, I'm asking a lot of the reader because I can't put in the detail I'm picturing or it would be an absolute slog to read. Yeah. But the intimate scenes and the scenes that are in the dark and that are claustrophobic, I feel like that's a very natural fit for the writer-reader relationship. Just in the nature of imagining things, it's almost like you're shining a flashlight already around your story and like what to focus on. Yep. So that seemed more synchronicitous or just yeah. m- much more of like a mutual relationship. But when I think about my book, I personally love the big, big, big scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I got from beta readers was that they were like, this is a little too big. You know, this is a bit too grand. And I was like, well, that's too bad because it's staying. Because <laughs> that's what I wanted to read. <laughs> I, and I already know this about you, but did you, uh, I know you were kind of using film as kind of your your benchmark i can't help it you know for better and worse did you but did you have any authors or anyone you had read you're like oh i kind of like the way they're writing this or you just kind of stuck with like more film like you know i love the dread ask like there's this one scene i think it's in the stand yeah it's not even action it's just this claustrophobic scene of one of the main characters going under the lincoln tunnel uh, during like an apocalypse yeah that was the stand (laughs) and um (laughs) it's just a it's one of the best scenes in the stand yeah. Um, and there's a bunch of action scenes in the stand, really. And uh, that scene is, is just a standout. It's the doom. Scene. So like the, I dread. was very much. <laughs> yeah, I was very inspired by that. I'd read Colson Whitehead zone one. Um, he's a just absolute phenomenal author. I think it's his first and probably only foray into like a Stephen King homage of horror. He's mm-hmm. like actually a literary fiction author. He's crazy talented. Yeah. Um, he writes also intimate, but also large scale at the end. I felt that that was like, I, I, I couldn't picture what he was writing. Yeah. But yet when it comes to like something like Max Brooks's World War Z, mm-hmm. sometimes that scale came across to me. So I, I think maybe World War Z is kind of a, a, a bit of in Robopocalypse for that matter, yep. kind of an inspiration yeah. for like large scale action. But really like my, my main impetus 
and one of my impetuses for for writing what I wrote was that low budget zombie movies and low budget horror movies, when they end, they often end on like the promise of a bigger world. And it's a promise that budgetarily movies can't hit. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this small outbreak that happened in a house is over. And then they're like, oh, but now this city, like what's happening there? And then um, if they ever do follow up on that, it never delivers on that promise of that scale, that massive scale of, yeah, you know, like disaster movie meets horror movie. Yeah, yeah. And I always want to see it because I think it's what they tee up and it's kind of what gets you excited and maybe even gets you to the sequel. And, and then you're just depressed that it's just a bunch of people running around abandoned buildings, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't have it. So, but then once again, like World War Z kind of sort of, even the movie, it does try to capture that giant scale of creature feature yeah. plus disaster yep. movie. And I had myself kind of watching some like documentary handheld footage of like earthquakes and, you know, tsunamis and just to kind of see what's happening, you know, to understand during those moments, you know, what's happening to the buildings and what's happening to the cars and what way are they turning and what direction are the people running and so I was really inspired a little bit by like true life documentary footage um, that inspired some later parts of of my book. Yeah. How about you? I mean, you said like espionage films. What about books? Anything that kind of rose to the surface for you that inspired the way that you tackle action? I really, I wanted to kind of stick with that, you know, that espionage, espionage th- you know, thriller kind of vibe. Uh, Robert Ludlum, like the, you know, born series stuff, I think kind of fits in there. Aspects of st- Tom Clancy stuff, although he gets almost too detailed with things, where it's like, ah, this is this isn't moving for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I know it's gonna, it's like not in my genre, but I just like the adventure feel of like Ready Player One or like that kind of movement, which I think that's got some really good action to it, you know. But it's it's written in kind of like this really fun way. Uh, so I was kind of trying to mash that up in my head, but definitely yeah. leaning, I could like picture these scenes in my head. So I think I was playing it as a movie. And then I was also thinking about like, how violent do I get right. describing yeah. some of these things, right? Because it's like, I think at the time I was, I had read The Stand I had, and that was just more of just feeling of dread. Uh, and I was reading, you know, I'd read some uh, Cormac McCarthy or whatever at the time. I was like, that's just over the top violent. I'm not going that far. And that's obviously out of genre. Um, and then reading, you know, stuff that's in my genre, it, 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 there is, it seems like some kind of bounce back and forth between like really describing the violence and blood and stuff. Yeah. Like can this. I ask a question? So like when yeah. you describe like, oh, that's too violent. Are you referring to not just like the punching and the kicking and the shooting, the but gore. the repercussions of the gore aspect the of gore it? So it's like how, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I'll tell so you right like now. How I, gory. I, yeah. Okay. Like I just finished like me reading like, uh, Michael Crichton's like timeline book and there is some kind of gory scenes and I wasn't, I didn't, wasn't expecting it to be that like descriptive and bloody. I mean, they're not like, yeah. over the top, but for everything else you built up to, it was like, Oh, okay. And I've also heard the Jurassic park book is actually a little more violent descriptive than the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I was, I wanted a balance of like, I wasn't going to sit there and be like, there, you know, people do get stabbed. There is blood. And I do describe that, but I don't get to the point of like spending too much time on the gore because I don't think that's what's important. You're not like glorifying it. You're not, like, no, and that's not what you're going for. No, and if it the only the only things I could think the only one particular scene that stands out to me is as I was describing before, my main character finds another character dead, 
And the only reason why I get into describing like this scene is because it's from the character's POV. And I want them to feel that visceral kind of like dread and like, I've never seen a dead body before, you know, like Mm -hmm. most people haven't, most people shouldn't, you know, and it's just like, how would you feel? (laughs) How would you react to that? That's a great point. Like rooting it in the character's experience. Right. As opposed to glorifying it for its own sake. Right. I think that's a really great, a great approach for us. Whereas like, I have two or three other characters. Like I have my, you know, my FBI character, right? Where if he goes and kills someone, um, it's not going to be over the top description because it might be something he's done before. He was in the military. He's seen death. Like the seeing some blood or if he shoots someone in the head or whatever, brain bit, like he's not, that's not going to register with him. He's just going to register that, yeah. that, that that enemy is down, right? And that's the right. focus uh, for that character. Like I don't need to get into all those details and I don't need to do it for shock value for the reader either. Like, Yeah, I wonder if that falls into like genre expectations. Like, Just going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It may, it and pro- I don't know who would expect that. Yeah, I don't know. Like from a thriller aspect, I mean, again, I come, I always come back to you know the the Clancy's, the Ludlums, and stuff like this, and even the films. Like there is violence, there is blood to them, but I mean, the ones that are like the espionage thrillers, it's typically not over the top. It's not, yeah. glor- it's not glorified anyway, because it doesn't really that doesn't really impact. It's not important to the story. The impact the impact of the story is that that, that person is dead. And then yeah. the characters around that's reaction, right? That's more important than head was chopped off and there's blood everywhere. Unless maybe it's like a noir, but you know. Yeah, I feel then. like something, I mean, it's not just a, there's some action movies, right? That I've watched over the years, like some of the later Rambos and, and maybe some of the John Wicks. And yeah. the main character almost becomes like a Jason Voorhees of, <laughs> of sorts because there's this glorification of the violence they're doing because of the squibs and you know, whatever, like people's arms are getting cut off and stuff. And it's it's yeah. almost like it'd be comic if it wasn't so like gory and mean. It's interesting to hear that, you know, you said it's Clancy or Crichton? Crichton. Crichton was uh, is pretty, like at least this one book timeline, there was a couple scenes. I was like, oh, okay. That was pretty, it was more bloody than I was expecting, but it's yeah. getting chopped off. And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Guess we're go- I guess we're going there. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I think the genre thing, is that, I mean, that's interesting, too, because like on, on your side of horror and yep. I mean, that can go, I <laughs> I feel like they can go a wide range of. Yeah, horror is tough, man. Because yeah. it depends on what you're aiming for, right? You're either aiming for like this dreadful, I don't see it, but I, I know what's happening type of thing. I guess that's more for film. But even then, I think you can get that across in writing and where it's just like, oh, this is pretty, this is pretty bad. I hope I took your approach. I, I hope that w- the moments that I have my like action and violence and it's a horror book so there's some gore i i yeah i hope it's rooted in character yeah i don't know if it always is <laughs> i i mean a draft <laughs> but i know I... it's rooted in dread yeah um, yeah but i do like it is like i do have these moments of creature feature 80s horror movie over the top silliness and gore yeah it's something like as i'm going through my fifth edit now i'll have to take a hard look at it i was gonna say the the draft i had read of yours uh, and I'm not just being nice, but uh, every scene I felt like either I was there was an expectation of of violence and or gore based on the scene. Mm-hmm. So like I'm thinking of like, and there I don't think there was any real the one when they're in the down in the subway tunnel and there's like the chase. Yeah. And it's like that was dreadful to me because I'm claustrophobic and I could just you did a good job of like describing that scene. That was more dread than violence and gore. Yeah, but I was ex- I was expecting I was expecting this to be dreadful because the scene you set up and the way you set it up and then what was happening and what who which characters were in there then versus like th- there's another scene later on where you got the the the, the lunch lady scene 
I don't know if that's part. oh yeah like that one I was kind of expecting to be a little more what it was and it and I yeah it was, it was like okay I yeah. actually I, I I've rewritten that scene um but I had to like based on some of your really good feedback speaking about writing action scenes I had to completely reorient where the characters enter you know where the lunch lady's facing you know the whole the logic behind what's happening yeah um, at its core it's still the same scene but it's yeah. funny how how many like different ways you can like set it up yeah. and um have a very similar result but yeah okay well that's good to hear yeah i mean i will say that i do this thing and it's i think it's based on like i don't like it's funny i'm such like a, a split person i don't like actual violence it doesn't i've said this before on the cast yeah. like i don't like serial killers i don't like actual violence or gore or surgery any of that stuff kind of grosses me out yeah no thank um, you <laughs> but like but in horror movie like lingo and like filmic language and book language like there's something to me that i find silly and kind of playful think back to like your evil dead twos or like you know brain dead by peter jackson there's this mm -hmm. like over the topness of gore where it becomes comic yeah. you know almost like buster keaton-esque about like people slipping and they're all there's all these gags of ridiculousness that's fun to me and and i definitely tried to incorporate that into my book at moments just the ludicrousness of the situation i have no idea if that's going to track to anybody else but it tracks to me and it made me giggle yeah i mean i feel the same way like any of the scenes i've written i'm like in my head i'm like this is fun of entry espionage thriller kind of thing i'm like i don't know if that's going to translate are people going to get that like oh this is supposed to feel like a 1970s kind of espionage quiet you know scene and then it, the, the action picks up and they can pick up on the violent level like the violence levels i don't know let's see Hopefully. i feel like there's easy like <laughs> not easy but stones are thrown often at authors and new authors who write to like write with filmic language or, or, or trying to like mm. recreate a movie um i unabashedly unguiltily like confidently am trying to create a movie yeah like yes i i want it to be a book and a novel first but i want to give somebody a popcorn eating funny sitting down with your friends experience yeah. and and that's okay to me like that's that's where i'm aiming I, and i'm sure that's probably the wrong thing to say from an, like an author's vantage point but if i can provide a 10-hour enjoyable movie for somebody to like that's perfect when you're writing a novel you're still putting it into some type of motion and action in your head anyways as you're writing these scenes so i mean yeah in the end of the day it's it's kind of like a long movie but and i've got tons of product placement in my movie <laughs> or in yes. my book i've got yeah. coke cans everywhere yeah. yeah yeah it's like mountain dew signs are flying <laughs> around yeah i want it to be like um a big budget summer movie without any corporate involvement that's yeah. my goal yeah. like in its purest form like we're not trying to sell toys here we're not we're not selling coke cans and then the whole cars. group is decapitated by a mountain dew billboard <laughs> spinning from the, from the heavens it's funny because i do have like products in my book but it's more of a critique on consumerism than than you know blood spurted from their necks like a mountain of dew <laughs> a mountain of dew i think i have a soda fountain actually in there i think i use that metaphor i'll tell you it's it's fun man like that's one thing i came across is that getting to these scenes and trying to plan them out and writing them down and editing them even to make them feel more frenetic and more punchy and like just more immediate yeah it's really it's a really fun part of writing for yes. me i really enjoyed it and i think like next time when i go through for for like the next you know books or whatever next scenes just thinking of like all right being 
coming into it because I'm more of a planner, but like understanding where the space is, understanding where the characters are, understanding like kind yep. of those pieces ahead of time. Uh, for me, I know will make it even more that more enjoyable to write. Because uh, then going back and rereading it the first time, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll still yeah. have that feeling, but um, I think I'll tell you one thing that I was spatial. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I think the planning idea is like a great, it's a great call. And I could stand to do a little more of that. One thing I tried hard not to do, and it's tough, right? Because I think we've grown up in a society where like action is supposed to be cool. You know, those who are good at fighting are supposed to look quote unquote cool when they yeah, do it. Yeah. And and I didn't want that. I didn't want to like, I read some kind of espionage thriller stuff where it's just this self-aggrandization of the main character and how awesome they are at doing all the things. Yeah. And I didn't want that. I kind of wanted the sloppiness of, I wanted it to feel a little more real mm -hmm. um, and, and not to glorify it in like, like violence is awesome. <laughs> like that wasn't wasn't yeah. my main or like yeah i don't know it's like all of the movies that came out in the wake of the matrix and how they all had those kind of gun foo isn't this awesome i yeah. mean john wick is honestly similar in that vein like it's this kind of glorification of, of violence in a way and i like the choreography or the choreography and like the dancing of it that this is what a man or woman is is like kind of lame to me yeah i mean <laughs> i think those those movies have kind of lost sight of it I don't know. That's losing. That's losing sight of the purpose of why the action should exist, right? Because that's another aspect to like writing action. Is because like, there, there somebody needs to be... took his puppy. Yes. <laughs> that's four, why it exists. Four movies later, because <laughs> someone took. I his... mean, I mean, this probably goes to like it probably goes back further, but I'll go as far as like we're talking about movies. The Raid. I feel like The Raid was super influential on Western cinema. Yeah. And it was violence for violence' sake. There's no story really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just choreography for the sake of it. Yeah, it's when all these action directors became directors and it's I mean, there's it's fun. It's great. But like, that's not there's no story. Yeah. And I don't think that translates to novel writing because you need, as we've discussed, story yeah. <laughs> for, it, for anybody to invest that amount of time. Like if you want to go and not think for an hour and a half and watch Keanu Reeves shoot people, that's great. Yeah. I don't know if I could convince somebody to lay down for 10 hours and read my <laughs> book and just have a. And and just have it be like, and then he shot a bunch of people. Like, I don't know. That's that's, to, that's the type of movie I don't want to make, right? Or the book I don't want to make. And you also need a purpose within the, the scene itself, too. Like, why is this thing happening, you know? Because, like, if, if if there's another easy, solvable reason for it, then there's you haven't given enough enough character push and or things Did colliding. you read the book, The uh, Driver, that was, you know, that, that movie no. that was based on a book. No. I'm curious how much, because I thought, I thought the movie was phenomenal. Yeah. I wonder if that comes across in the book, because the book could very well just be this, like, yeah. cool guy cool story. Guy. Are you, uh, you reading anything lately? Yeah, nothing new. Watching? I'm still plugging away on the old stuff. Yeah. Um, as far as watching, I watched the new Evil Dead. I'd like to see that. I won't spoil anything, um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thumbs up. And uh, it was an interesting mixture of like the 2013 remake, reboot, reboot equal, whatever it is. And uh, Evil Dead 2, oddly enough. So um, the director, Lee Cronin, he's an Irish director, did a movie called Hole in the Ground. He did a great job. All the actors and actresses. Yeah, and, um, I've heard some good things. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, thumbs up. And then I just watched with Jill Something in the Dirt, super low budget, no budget sci-fi movie in like the vein of maybe primer by mens uh, was it benson and moorhead that's kind of filmmaking duo who um are known for these kind of very low budget 
sci-fi slash horror movies and now they've kind of been they're getting gobbled up by the system they were responsible for um a few episodes of moon knight too i guess oh nice but um they're great they're super super talented um they star in in the movies in addition to writing and directing in them and it's just like Mm. it was really really refreshing to watch a ultra low budget movie shot in somebody's apartment it was Um, good and it was really and it was really good so yeah two big thumbs up there Nice. How about you? What are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, I really haven't been watching anything. I feel like I've been this has been really a, yeah like just I, reading. I've just been reading a lot. I haven't watched. I haven't gotten into. <laughs> I've been watching Seinfeld. I've not been watching any new TV shows. I haven't gotten into anything. Like I'm just kind of like meh. I don't know. There's just too much, and I'm just sick of all of it. <laughs> um, there's a lot of garbage out there. There's so much. Uh, and then I won't say garbage. It's like a lot of mediocre. Yes. There's a a plethora of just okay content. Like I started the power the other day and it was like, what am I doing? Like (laughs) how much more time do I want to spend in this? Like I'm five hours in. Yeah. Do I just cash out? Yeah. Do I save? Do I take that time and read? Read something? Does it get Uh, better? Yeah. Because it feels like there's stuff that'll come out that's in the genre I like and I watch it and I'm like, ah, yeah, I put five hours in. I'm like, am I going to finish this? But I can't. It's all just okay. It's I not can't terrible. just say I like it's it. Just tepid. You know? Yeah. It's just yeah. like, meh, come on, boring. I'll tell you, that's why that something in the dirt was so refreshing, right? Yeah. It was like 90 minutes, you know, obviously they cared about it. You know, there's a bit of a soul to it. It's not like overly cerebral. Yeah. It's real. It felt like art, it felt like fun art. Yeah. Like I would, there's, there's a couple movies I do want to see. Like I want to see, you know, Rise of the Dead there. I want to see the, oh, is it Bo is Beautiful? The Ari Aster movie with. Oh yeah. Yep. Like that looks like fun. Um, fun, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't think any of his movies can be described as, as being fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks interesting, is what I should say. But yeah, nothing. I haven't watched anything. Reading wise, though, uh, I actually right behind you. I read uh, all the Pretty Horses, Cormac McCarthy. Oh wow, you bl- you blew through that. Yeah, yeah, I cranked through that one. Uh, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, it's got this kind of slow burn thing in the beginning, and then there's one point where it turns and picks up, and you're like, oh, okay, this is. It totally changes right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, I thought this should be a book about horses. And it's like, oh, no, there's a little more to it. Um, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was really great. Uh, and I just finished this book called uh, The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. She did the, the, Broken, oh, okay. Earth, the Broken Earth trilogy. Um, oh, man, yep. It's great. It's like a Lovecraftian uh, urban fantasy monster movie, monster book in the city. Uh, and, and it's it's pretty fascinating. Uh, it takes place oh, in cool. New York. And she does a really good job of the city has its own life. Is it contemporary? Like what's the time frame? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, cool. So, and it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's not really spoilers, but she, the characters are going to kind of take on the personalities of the boroughs. So I guess if you're from New York and you know it really well, it kind of reflects that. But, Oh, that's neat. Um, yeah, it's a fun read. Uh, and I just finished I'll check that, that out later. I, I won't read it now because it'll probably discourage me from writing my city. Yeah, no. Monster. He, I, yeah, I would say wait. <laughs> Does she play with, um, I know you'd mentioned before that as far as POV, she was playing around a lot with Broken Earth as a yeah. standard like. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more, it's a little more standard read, uh, okay. third person stuff. It's not. Um, is it limited third or is it like. Uh, yeah, limited third. It's limited third, but within like a chapter, sometimes it'll jump to like another character if there's multiple characters, but it's very clear separation, yeah. like scene break. So um, I think she's just first person one or two points, but that's very on purpose. Definitely not like Broken Earth where it's like second, third, first, and your brain's kind of hurting right. trying to keep up with it. Um, that was hard for me to get into. I'll try again. Oh, it was really tough, but it's it's worth it. So the payoff is worth it. Um, and I just started... Uh, like a high fantasy. I don't know if it's Game of Thrones yet, but it's um, 
this older book, uh, the author is uh, Lois McMaster Bujold. She's like, she's been around forever and she's written all sorts of like fantasy and sci-fi stuff. A friend of mine was like, oh, you should, she was like, check out these two books, her sci-fi stuff. But if you want to try some fantasy stuff, give this a whirl. She's like, I don't know if you'll like it because you're not, this isn't really your genre, but I'm only, I'm, I'm kind of cranking through it right now and I'm enjoying it. It's um, something a little bit different uh, in the way it's cool. written. I think that was a that was a very action-y episode talking about. I don't know if we had many stuff. tips. I guess like write short sentences if you want to <laughs> use active words. Uh, no, I think we have plenty of tips. I think like don't you know, use the passive voice. Uh, I don't know. Use pay attention to spatial. You know, keep like, track yeah. of that. Keep track where people are. Make sure the action's there for a purpose, for a reason. Have fun. Yeah, make sure it's rooted in the character. Yeah, make sure the yeah. the violence. If you want to go violent, is is what maybe the character would see and react to. So yeah. and like if you're writing inside that genre, it's what the reader is going to expect. Otherwise, it kind of feels like a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah, you can't have a thriller and then turn it into like a horror movie. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you can't. I mean, maybe you could unless you really want to. I guess, but yeah, <laughs> the, the genre expectations won't fit there. So yeah, I think that's it. Do we? What are we doing? Right. What are we doing for the next episode here? I think it's like another actiony thing, right? It's like. Uh... Yeah, dialogue tags and action beats. We're going to get into that. I like that because, um, man, that is a constant struggle. I look forward to chatting about that. So that'll be our next episode. Join us. uh, You can find us on Instagram, Writer Syndrome Books. You can find us on Twitter still, Writer Underscore Syndrome. We're there. Yeah, we're still there. What am I talking about? And then uh, go to our website. Check out all the little episodes, writersyndrome.com. You can reach out to us. There's email address on there if you have any topic ideas or if you, hey, you want to come on and talk. Yeah, I made Twitter a lot easier to take. I, I blocked Elon Musk. Oh, that's e- oh, that's what you have so to do. So now they don't now they don't give me any of his lame updates. Yeah, now, now our account's going to get deleted. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get, get fired from his company or fired from something because we blocked him. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, that's our, that's going to be our next episode. So reach out uh, until then. Just keep writing.